Hello and welcome to a Dry Bones Ministries special podcast series on the consecration to St. Joseph. My name is Father Adam Potter and today is day 16 where we continue our journey with the consecration of St. Joseph looking today at one of Joseph's greatest virtues, justice. And we're also going to take a look at considering why whenever Joseph heard about his wife having conceived a child, that he wanted to divorce her quietly. What does that mean? This is one of my favorite um, days of our entire preparation. So I hope you're excited. Um, There's just like some beautiful insights and I can't wait to hopefully dive into those with you and make some sense of it. Let's begin with prayer. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Come Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful and enkindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your spirit, and they shall be created, and you shall renew the face of the earth. Let us pray. O God, who by the light of the Holy Spirit did instruct the hearts of the faithful, grant that by the same Holy Spirit we may be truly wise and ever rejoice in his consolations. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. And our salutations to St. Joseph. Hail Joseph, image of God the Father. Hail Joseph, Father of God the Son. Hail Joseph, Temple of the Holy Spirit. Hail Joseph, Beloved of the Holy Trinity. Hail Joseph, Most Faithful Helper of the Great Council. Hail Joseph, Guardian of Holy Virgins. Hail Joseph, Great Lover of Poverty. Hail Joseph, Exemplar of Meekness and Patience. Hail Joseph, Model of Humility and Obedience. Blessed are you among men, and blessed are your eyes which have seen the things you saw. Blessed are your ears which have heard the things you heard. And blessed are your hands which have fondled the word made flesh. And blessed are your arms which have carried him who keeps all things in existence. And blessed is your bosom on which the Son of God fondly rested. And blessed is your heart aflame with the most ardent love. And blessed is the Eternal Father who chose you, and blessed is the Son who loved you, and blessed is the Holy Spirit who sanctified you, and blessed is Mary, your spouse, who loved you as her spouse and brother, and blessed is the angel who guarded you, and blessed be forever all who bless and love you. The Memorari to St. Joseph Remember, O most chaste spouse of the Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thy intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, my spiritual Father, and beg thy protection, O foster Father of the Redeemer. Despise not my petitions, but in thy goodness hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Okay, well... Whenever we think about Joseph, uh, we look to Scripture. What can we know for sure? This is this great gift of God and the revelation to his people, preserved by the church and handed on to us. And so, what does Scripture say about Joseph? And oftentimes, we look at it and we see not much. There are a couple stories, a couple great um, anecdotes, I guess, of how what we can glean from Joseph, maybe his personality, his disposition. But there's one line in Matthew's first chapter where he gives this great insight that he was just. Joseph was just. 
And maybe if you're like me, your first reaction to that is like, well, that's lame. <laughs> Out of all of these great virtues, um, we could talk about humility, we could talk about courage, we could talk about prudent and just. What is that? Is that like a legal thing? It's so much more. And so I just want to take um, a couple of minutes to talk about what makes a man just. So St. Francis de Sales says that, To be just is to be perfectly united to the divine will. Which is amazing because we realize instantaneously to be just is about a lot more than maybe just giving someone their due, although that's a a core definition. But it's in everything that's going on, it's always to do the Lord's will. It wraps up, it encaptures faithfulness, it encaptures trust and obedience and humility I'm going to go to my great St. PJ, St. Peter Julian Amart, and just read. He has one of the most beautiful insights into St. Joseph that I've ever read, especially as it relates to this idea of him being just. So listen to this. Listen to the depths of Joseph and who he is in this justice, but especially whenever he talks about his disinterested devotedness. Are you ready? Quote, When scripture calls Joseph just, she epitomizes in that word all the virtues, but she praises in a special manner his fidelity. St. Joseph was faithful to every point of the law, just as our Lord fulfilled it to the last iota. So St. Joseph attended to the smallest duties it imposed whether toward God or toward man. Besides, St. Joseph had the virtue which marks a good servant, disinterested devotedness. Every moment of his life was consecrated to the service of our Lord. Sleep, rest, work, everything was sacrificed uncomplainingly and unselfishly. Never would he say, enough, for his generosity was, as it were, infinite. Devotedness is the measure of love and the sounding box of its strength. If we love someone more than ourselves, our devotedness is unbounded. Joseph's entire life was one of generous giving climaxed by his exultant readiness to die in proof of his love for our Lord. With true disinterested devotedness, he worked without praise or reward. End quote. It's with moments like this that I just feel like silence is the proper response. I got to comment on that would be to reduce it to something that I think is supposed to be left a mystery. That his justice captures all of the virtues. That his justice encaptures a generosity in his faithfulness to the Lord. A disinterested devotedness. Um, thinking about this, I don't know if you've ever had someone that's emerged in your life as someone who you just saw like their love for the Lord is powerful. Like I want that. And oftentimes we can go to chapel. All right, I'll just speak for myself. Sometimes I can go to chapel and um, or to church and pray. And I'm hoping that someone sees me and can maybe like just think like, wow, they He's really pious or really devoted. And for whatever reason, like just the fact that God could see me, like isn't, isn't enough. Like, sorry, I'm confession time. Um, Here's the thing. I remember uh, at the seminary, there was a spiritual director who I just really admired. And 
I remember one evening going into our chapel late at night and the lights were completely off. It was dark. And I was like, yes, I'm all alone to be able to be with the Lord. But then as I went to turn on one of the lights, I realized I was turning it on, on my spiritual director, who was there in the back of the chapel on his knees in the pitch black, just praying with his eyes closed in this meditation that even turning on the lights, he didn't go to look to see like who caught me on my knees doing this really holy thing. He was there for the Lord. He was there for the Lord in a way that he wanted to be hidden. He wanted to be unknown. And whoever would have come in or if no one would have come in, it would have been enough. Joseph, right, never would have said enough, like, oh, this is too much or I can't take anymore. No, because just to be able to give everything, his his sleeping, his working, his eating, his every single thing that he did in his life, it was all for the Lord. It was all for the Lord. Why? Because in justice, I realize I've been given everything, every single, single breath that I breathe, every single thought that I think, every single word that I'm able to utter. It's all a gift. Like nothing is guaranteed And me and my wretchedness don't deserve to be here. Like that there would be something that I would say I deserve or I'm guaranteed. It's just so far from a true understanding of who we are as God's creatures in relation to him and his infinite love that wills us into being. Joseph knew this at the depths of his being, and it's in this justice that he was able to have a disinterested devotedness with a generosity that just sends chills down the spines of every single saint who's lived. Joseph, most just, pray for us. Okay, the second thing that I wanted to touch on today is this incredible consideration of why did St. Joseph decide to divorce Mary quietly whenever he found out that she had conceived a child that wasn't his. Let's read through Matthew chapter 1 and take a a closer look at this because maybe we'll find that this word divorce is not the most accurate or helpful. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child of the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to send her away quietly. Other, this is where other translations say divorce her quietly. More on that later. But as he considered this, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord has spoken by the prophet. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and his name shall be called Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had borne a son. And he called his name Jesus. The prevailing understanding of this being translated as divorce has a great implication. Um, And we need to talk about it. So just to put ourselves in that position, here's Joseph, a just man, righteous under the law, who has been legally married to this woman, 
Mary. What is that relationship like at this point? In a lot of ways, it's very mysterious and we don't know. And yet, in speculation, I think we can consider they knew one another. They knew one another in a, a way that wasn't just purely physical. It wasn't just purely romantic, but it was even getting to this point of knowing who they are. And in, in the core of, of who they are, this intimacy I've heard broken down is into me see. Intimacy. It's it's not just a physical, but it's a personal. It's a I'm able to gaze into the window of your soul through your eyes and to see and appreciate and wonder the mystery of who you are. And I just think about in those times, between Joseph and Mary, in their purity and in their innocence and in their love and devotedness of God, that whenever they were able to gaze into one another's eyes, to hear the words spoken from the depths of their hearts, they were able to know this one's special. And especially as we understand Mary in her purity, in her being truly immaculate, preserved from any stain of original sin, I don't think we can fully appreciate just how gloriously beautiful she was. That it's not by means of exaggeration to say that she's the most beautiful woman who's ever walked this planet, ever and ever will be. And not just for her physical beauty, and yet she was physically beautiful, is physically beautiful. Sin taints us, tarnishes us, allows us to grow old. and But it's purity, it's that innocence, it's that uh, sinlessness that we can appreciate that even our, phys- our physicalness would be beautiful. But it's the true beauty, huh, that's on the inside. Talked about Proverbs 31. Beauty is, uh, charm is deceptive and beauty fleeting. Charm is deceptive and beauty fleeting. These things on the exteriors, they seem great, and yet they're all going to dissolve. It will all fade. But the woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. So that Joseph would have seen this, she, he, he would have known her. So whenever he hears that his wife has conceived a child that isn't his, what do you think is the first thing going through his mind? Because to consider that he wanted to divorce her quietly would have been an appeal to this law in Leviticus that says that the man had a right to divorce his wife under grounds of infidelity. And so, in justice, if he um, if he was able to come up with evidence, or even just to, I think we could um, say more than just, or less than have evidence, if he was convinced that she was unfaithful, and here's the thing, Having a child is evidence, right? So he would then be under the law, given permission to divorce her. That would be just. And yet it would be wrong. Why? Because she's innocent. And so if Joseph is able to know his wife and to love her for who she is and given the circumstances surrounding her, even if he doesn't fully understand it, he would never dare divorce her. Because he knows her purity. He knows her love for the Lord. And so this word in Greek that can be translated as divorced, that's one of many translations. There are many others that include separate, hide, or distance. Like distance oneself from. And so this um, proposal is that the right translation to reflect a true understanding of Joseph's heart and his view of Mary is that he decided to distance himself 
from her whenever he found out this reality. Why? Because he realized that what was happening in Mary was not natural, but supernatural, that it was a mystery of God working in her. He saw her love for God and he saw that this was something that nature couldn't explain. And so in that, he saw himself in all humility, unworthy to be a part of it. And so was this a sorrowful moment? I think we can appreciate, yes. Like there would have been great grief to realize that I'm not worthy that I'm not worthy, but in justice, in aligning my will to God, I'll seek to give God room to continue to work within her. This just to me shines such a light on Joseph that has given me a lot to think about and pray about. Here's his disinterested devotedness. That he didn't have to see himself as being a part of the solution to come in and fix it. He was willing to, in love for God, Say, I don't need to be a part of this. Only if you will it. And it's at this that we have this beautiful, incredible intervention of God through an angel and say, no, Joseph, son of David, don't be afraid to take Mary, your wife, into your own home. And here's where we have a great sorrow of Joseph that when handed over to God becomes an incredible source of joy that you, Joseph, are meant to be a part of this mystery, are to be a part of this incredible unfolding of God's plan for salvation. This is justice. And this is the fulfillment of all virtue. Does that make sense? Does that make sense? Um, Hopefully it does. I would give you the invitation to go back and to reread Matthew chapter 1, especially these verses 18 to 25, and just to allow yourself to enter into that moment with Joseph, to enter into that relationship that he had with Mary, his legal wife, and to go through this heart that loves so much in a way that's focused on the Lord. What would, What is that response? What's his response? What was that conversation like between him and Mary? in a way that just wanted to do the Lord's will at all costs. With that, let's turn to the Lord in prayer and offer him our our prayers, our trust, our surrender, and our own desire to be just, to truly encapsulate all of the virtues and this desire to be in the Lord's will. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The Litany to St. Joseph. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Christ, hear us. Christ, graciously hear us. God, the Father of heaven, have mercy on us. God, the Son, Redeemer of the world, have mercy on us. God, the Holy Spirit, have mercy on us. Holy Trinity, one God, have mercy on us. Holy Mary, pray for us. Saint Joseph, pray for us. Noble offspring of David, pray for us. Light of patriarchs, pray for us. Spouse of the mother of God, pray for us. Chaste guardian of the virgin, pray for us. Foster father of the son of God, pray for us. Zealous defender of Christ, pray for us. Head of the holy family, pray for us. Joseph most just, pray for us. Joseph, most chaste, pray for us. Joseph, most prudent, pray for us.
pray for us. Joseph, most courageous, pray for us. Joseph, most obedient, pray for us. Joseph, most faithful, pray for us. Mirror of patience, pray for us. Lover of poverty, pray for us. Model of workmen, pray for us. Glory of domestic life, pray for us. Guardian of virgins, pray for us. Pillar of families, pray for us. Comfort of the afflicted, pray for us. Hope of the sick, pray for us. Patron of the dying, pray for us. Terror of demons, pray for us. Protector of the Holy Church, pray for us. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world. Spare us, O Lord. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world. Graciously hear us, O Lord. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world. Have mercy on us. He has made him Lord of his household and Prince over all his possessions. Let us pray. O God, who in your loving providence chose Blessed Joseph to be the spouse of your most holy mother, grant us the favor of having him for our intercessor in heaven, whom on earth we venerate as our protector. You who live and reign forever and ever. Amen. The Lord be with you. Through the intercession of St. Joseph, our blessed Mother Mary, and all the angels and saints, may Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, praise the Lord for the completion of this next day in our journey of preparing our hearts, our souls, um, just to be given over more fully to the Lord, especially through this intercession of St. Joseph. So grateful to be a part of it. I'm glad that you're a part of it too. I appreciate this. Um, this ability to walk in a way that's not alone, not isolated, but truly with many others. So let's keep one another in prayer. Know that I'm praying for you and I look forward to being with you tomorrow. God bless you and St. Joseph, pray for us.